0: Hey, I just want to share this great review we got from L. Schubert. I have been craving this kind of conversation, exclamation point. I grew up in a conservative Christian environment and was taught you must wait until marriage to have sex. As a 30-year-old woman who still considers herself a Christian but isn't married and doesn't believe it's a sin, quote-unquote, to have sex before marriage... Although I still haven't had intercourse yet, this conversation is important. I've been working on finding the intersection of my sexuality and faith, along with still craving intimacy on all levels while in the dating world, and also wanting to be the healthiest person I can on all accounts. Way to go. These combos have been life-giving to me. Thank you.
1: It's beautiful. Is Thank you so, so much
0: for this review, and if you can, leave reviews because it helps our algorithm...
1: <laughs> She's like, what are these words? <laughs> she looked at Lucas and algorithm. <laughs> you she's can't even handle got the, it.
2: She's got the brain hands up. Yeah, so. that's perfect. That's good. So we're going to cut right there. Okay. Is everyone playing their outfits? Because...
1: I'm going to wear a lot of yep. brown.
2: I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go skins, but... <laughs>
1: Okay. Um, maybe
2: with a vest, you know, but but skin. May-
0: why don't you go so why don't you go Roy Kent?
2: Yeah. Ted, Ted banquet,
0: Lasso. I mean, Lasso, I mean the banquet reference. when he goes and he decides not to wear a shirt at all underneath his
2: That's not Roy. That's, that's, not, Roy. that's, not, Roy. that's not
1: Roy, that's Jamie. Oh I'm yeah. sorry, that's Jamie, Jamie. That's tar-
2: Jamie. Tart
0: tart, tart tart Jamie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He
2: look, he looked nice. So that's, that's,
0: oh, until that's he spilled soup on his Wow, Nipple. skin.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's all right. <laughs> this is not it's happened to us.
0: Really? <laughs>
3: this is not the conversation I was expecting.
0: <laughs> From Milieu Media Group, this is Fun Parts. An exploration of sexuality and spirituality. For anyone who's curious or convinced, there must be more. With your hosts, Latifa Alitas, Ashley Lusink, Steve Weens, Luke Bronner, and me, Becky Patton
2: all
3: right well how do we want to lead into this
0: well does
3: anybody want to take it
0: well i think it's worth noting that it has been almost a year since we have sat around a table together Mm
3: -hmm. Not counting, well, since we've all sat around a table together.
0: Since we a have. A lot
3: of us sat around a table together mm-hmm. at Latifa's wedding. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. brings
0: us to, there have been a lot of different changes. Yes. Over the course of the last time we sat down to record where we had microphones and headsets has been almost a year ago because mm-hmm. of COVID. And then we had a lot of different life events that have happened. And so one of the life events was... Latifah, you got married. I got married. That's what Who I'm talking Who would have thought I would and have that And we had one <laughs> hell of a party. <laughs> the party was awesome. That we all celebrated at. Can we recap
3: awesome. the wedding? Because sure, it was yes. legitimately the most fun wedding I've ever been. I would
1: been. love and, to hear you guys talk about and the it And the most was.
3: beautiful wedding. <laughs> that <laughs> Thank I've, you. And maybe the most educational wedding that I've ever been a part of. Ooh, educational.
1: What do you mean by educational? What I mean
3: is that like when I listen to the vows that you and your partner, Lucas, wrote for each other. I was so moved by them and felt like I was like going to school. The thing that jumps out at me the most is that you all wrote your own vows. Mm -hmm. One of Lucas's vows to you was that he would, I can't remember how he worded it, but basically that he promised to love himself. Mm -hmm. He promised to take care of himself. And I've never heard that in that sort of ceremony. And I just thought it was
1: wonderful. Yeah.
3: Plus it was a room full of like the world's greatest vocalists. How
1: many many vocals did you say were there? Oh, I mean. There were a lot of singers. I mean, probably 50 to 60 singers. And we all sang the final closing
0: blessing around you guys yes. together. I mean, not that I was one of the vocalists. I did not mean that that way. Everybody was
1: a vocalist that day. But we all I sang was. over you. <laughs> Yeah, it was beautiful. Could you hear me?
3: Because I felt like I was really
1: precious. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was there. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, Luke, there you are.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The other highlight, I think, for the night was the massive dance party that happened afterwards where you had light up shoes. I
1: found these gold light up shoes on Amazon that were LED No, I I literally I spent thirty hours working on that dance playlist. It's what I spent the most time on was the dance party playlist. Can you like follow that on Spotify or something? I probably should put it on Spotify. It's (laughs) excellent. The DJ like actually said afterwards, he was like, that was a really good playlist. And I was like, Yeah, no shit. It's awesome.
0: (laughs) It was good. Yeah, it was good. I don't think anybody left the dance floor.
1: Oh, no. My friend Thomas, at one point, I think it was when a Robin song came on, like dancing on my own or whatever. He goes, she's trying to
0: kill us. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it was that really was really fun. fun.
0: So that's a major shift. And I want to say what's happened to us as a whole mm-hmm. around the table. The other thing that's a major shift is there is a new wee one mm-hmm. sitting here at the table, with ashley because ashley you've had a baby
4: yes i think it was september last year that we were together so i would have been i don't even know how far along at that point. point seven months seven months that's yeah. right. yeah because she was doing mm-hmm. and yeah. you can probably hear her because she literally is here at the table with us because we're recording during bedtime and so it's mom's <laughs> time i don't even know if i know what to say it's you been, had a baby i had a baby and she's in your body <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: and then you
0: push that human yeah. out of your body yeah.
4: into this world and yeah. we've all welcomed her in and i was sharing earlier that it was a very beautiful birth experience which i feel like not everyone gets to have that mm-hmm. so it was pretty amazing yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Perfect it was. Timing thank you. you little podcast <laughs>
0: host <laughs> in the making
3: i understood the assignment little miss-
0: <laughs> can, we, can we say her name on the air, or do you want, or just your wee one? We'll just call her your wee one. And then another big change is Steve. You went through a sabbatical. I mean, this is I part of why it's a taken. Well, it's part <laughs> I of why it's taken us one, so long yeah. to actually get also, back yeah, to the table. It was Steve's table. fault. Yeah. It was my fault.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, I'm glad that we finally came here to tell him that. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I. I but feel, you did
0: go through a sabbatical, or how, yeah. how would you say that? I'm sorry.
2: Well, I was. I experienced the gift of. Mm-hmm my church letting me have three months off where I just played and rested. And, and one of the ideas was, Hey, should we record during that time? And as much as I love this, I was like, no way, man, I'm not going to take one second of time away mm-hmm. from just my own personal time, my family time. And, and so I loved it. It was just wonderful. It was a wonderful mm-hmm. gift.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Of, we traveled, we went to the Pacific Northwest the five of us and just, the Redwoods and the Oregon coast. And oh my goodness, Mary and I went to Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, my goodness. If we have any Asheville, North Carolina listeners, I love your city and we want to do a live show in your city. Contact me. (laughs) Please invite us there. That's amazing. So yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Becky, you've had some changes yeah.
0: too?
1: You've had no, some, you just I even haven't had any changes. You have new mm. grandbabies. Oh,
0: that's right. I do, wow. have, I do have a I new grandbaby. I hope your kids no, 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 are listening. No, 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 I wasn't thinking about me personally <laughs> having a new... Yeah, but I do I have a new grandbaby. So I am now a grandmother of four. I have my first granddaughter and she was born in Cape Town, South Africa. And I got to be there to see both see my daughter pregnant and... Which brings me to tears mm. also because of pandemic I didn't get to experience my daughter's pregnancy. But I got to see her a few days before our sweet granddaughter was born. Mm. And then I got to spend the first five weeks of my granddaughter's life with her. Mm. And yeah, that was an incredible gift. So mm. yeah.
3: So we could do a show in Cape Town too. That sounds fun. Mm. Yes, invite fun us parts. there.
0: I have great wineries for us to go mm-hmm. to there. I know a lot there. So.
3: And then there's me. Nothing has changed at all. <laughs> <in my life. laughs> I've just been waiting for the next season. Just so yeah. You've,
1: you've done literally nothing. Yeah. You've just sat in a dark so room. I've, I've done
3: only the things that I was doing a year ago. So, But I'm so super thankful for the time that we have ahead. We can remind folks how we typically do these seasons. Mm-hmm. So we come together for 3 or 4 days. This time it's 4 days and we're just going to record the entire season straight through. It's super intense, it's super exhausting and emotional and squirmy for some of us and <laughs> but it's always super rich time that I look forward to every year. And so everything that you hear that is now season 3 as we get ready to kick off season 3 is recorded over the course of a few days and I'm excited. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Me too. Well,
0: and I think it's kind of noteworthy to mention that we are doing our first live event here in Minneapolis and St. We, Paul. I'm sorry, St. Paul. The
2: St. Paul folks would really take. I'm so umbridge sorry. Hard, <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm we are from not in Minnesota. Yeah. Minneapolis. We are in St. Paul, Paul, Minnesota, and we're doing our first live event. And I think that's kind of significant. That's a new yeah. thing at the table that we're going to yeah. do a live event that we've never done before and. I want to say that we're doing it in the midst of a still what we would call the tail end or whatever we want to call it of the pandemic.
2: The middle of the snake. But I would say just to <laughs> launch right in like new things, I wouldn't call it the tail end. I would call it. I don't know what it, it
0: is though. What is it?
2: I would call it the really angsty period that we thought it was going to be over and it really isn't at all. And we're all f- wondering what, the reality of our world is now. Yeah.
0: You is this we could, we the could new... call it
2: false alarm. Number three. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So I have no idea
3: where we're going to go over the next few days. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned in a text thread with mm-hmm. all of you today that like, I really sort of love that mystery because I'm confident that where we go will stretch me personally and will prove to be beneficial for, I think all of us and for those who listen to the show. But I'm really curious if any of you has any ideas <laughs> where we're going because I I really don't know what we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. I was talking with Lucas about it at drinks the other night, and I was like, I've even had to ask myself like, how do I feel about sex mm. now? Like because my relationship to it has been evolving and changing and shifting a lot in the last four or five years. So even like I feel like I'm shifting. I mean, not nothing like I don't want to recant anything I've said, nothing that, like that, but. It's evolving. So So, you
3: still like it?
1: I still like it. I still think it's awesome. I still think it's really important. But I'm also like, is it important? It is. Is it? It is. It's both and. And like, yeah, it's just been really interesting to observe within myself, like my own relationship to it. It's something that shifts and change based on your needs and your partner's needs and your body's needs. And but I'm excited. I feel like I always learn a lot.
3: I feel like I've been thinking more about as I've gotten ready for this because I don't know what we're going to talk about. I've been thinking about like who I'm bringing to the table. And I was thinking about, we did this similar sort of zero episode at the start of season two. And I talked about how much I wanted to decenter myself, you know, how much I felt like Mm -hmm. me constantly acknowledging how uncomfortable I was, was really sort of focusing the conversation back on me. And I think I've rethought that some today as I was prepping for tonight, I was just like, you know, all I can do is here's the thing is I, I kind of, held myself up, did a litmus test of my motives. And I realized like, that's absolutely not what I'm trying to do. And for whatever reason, unfortunately, there have been a number of people who have been able to resonate with my experience and my discomfort. And so I think maybe it's important for each of us, but for me included, to just lean into whatever discomfort we feel, whatever comfort we feel, because I think each of us really represents a different listener of this show. And so that felt super freeing for me to feel like I can come and just be honest and just have an honest experience and not feel like I'm uh, because I know. And I think you all know that like my hope is not to like, I mean, I, I want you to talk directly to me as little as possible, <laughs> but dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway,
1: uh, eye contact. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You fidget with all your dials you need to yeah. go right ahead. Yeah. You got a glass
1: of water and like a memory card.
4: that seems really crucial <laughs> yeah. right yeah. now in your hands. Just Dangerously to close to one working. another. Yeah. I, thank you for that reminder too, because as I was coming into this and thinking about what I want to talk about, I listened to a podcast recently from Esther Perel and she's on the Goop podcast and there's this whole podcast about play and all that stuff. But she started at the beginning talking about social atrophy Mm -hmm. And how we've been living in this pandemic for so long that we've, like, forgotten how to be together and how to engage in conversations and just be. And I was realizing coming into this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have a lot of social atrophy. I've not Mm -hmm. only lived through a pandemic, I've become a new mom Mm -hmm. in a lot of isolation. And I'm like, my words aren't being formed as clearly as they were Mm -hmm. at one time. And so I've had a lot of insecurity honestly coming to this i have a lot of thoughts they're just not well formed or i've been reevaluating so many things about life now that i have this little one of like how do we want to raise her having this narrative of the purity culture and all that like that we've Mm -hmm. been unraveling so but that word social atrophy feels very real to me right now Mm. that's good. good
0: i think i've been thinking a lot around i don't think in any way shape or form i have an agenda but I have some hopes for these four days that we're together. And part of that is I think it comes from the emails that I've gotten and the conversations or the texts that or the, I don't know what all they are, Facebook messages, what all they are that come that I've experienced and what I experience repeatedly. And I I think this is a good story that goes with it is I was sitting at the table of my daughters, and my son-in-law had a friend of his he was talking to on the phone Phone or FaceTiming, and he suddenly put the friend in front of me. And this friend had been listening to Fun Parts, and he said, "Oh, wow, it's so nice to meet you face to face." And blah blah blah. And we had this great conversation. And he said, "I want you to know that what Fun Parts has done has created conversations in my community of people that we're talking about things that I never imagined would be able to talk about." And part of it is what you're modeling is what we're trying to do is we're trying to come to the table and talk about hard topics, but bringing who we are, which is what you just said, Luke, I'm going to bring who I am and I'm just going to be here and it's okay for me to bring who I am. And if we can model that in our conversations in season three, as we've tried to do in season two and season one, I think that's the deep core element that we're trying to do is can we have real conversations about where we're at right now, not trying to define something for the purpose of declaration, but to define something for understanding of where we are and where we want to go. And I think that's a real difference versus finding where do I stand? I've got to find something I stand on versus this is what I know up to this point. And I am so grateful for this young man that I got to have the conversation with, because what he was saying is we're standing on what we think we know right now, but we know we, there's more for us to learn. Mm -hmm. And the only way we're going to learn it is if we engage in these conversations with other people around the table. And I think, I know I can speak for myself is when we choose to engage in these conversations, what we're actually saying is, I want to know what's going on in you. I want to know what's going on in you. Mm. And we're going to make space for it so that we can continue to learn and grow. Mm. And if I have any agenda for season three, my biggest agenda is can we continue to do that? Well, Mm.
1: Mm. I think
3: that's, that's maybe one of the interesting things too, about how this show has evolved is that we came to the table for the first time with this specific thing in mind. We want to have, this conversation, we didn't even really know each other. Latifah and I knew each other. Becky, you and Latifah kind of knew each other. We met Steve and Ashley. Latifa and I met Steve and Ashley for the first time. You all are in community, you know, so we, but we all just gathered from literally all over the country to have this conversation. So, that felt like we had a, you know, a real purpose and a real agenda. And what's happened, the other thing I would say that's changed over the course of this time is that like we've actually become like soul friends. Like, we actually really genuinely care about each other and love each other. And so now that shifts what we're doing here. Like, we don't have to come with an agenda, we can come with intention to talk to our friends about what they're experiencing in their lives. And I think that's the actual thing that we've wanted to model all along. That's the place that we wanted to arrive all along, and that we wanted other people to arrive to start having conversations that maybe they just weren't, or maybe they haven't been empowered to have, or just haven't heard. Or maybe it just hasn't been
0: modeled. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is if we can come together as five strangers, but we can actually have this conversation and it can deepen how we view one another, it can deepen our love for one another. Is that possible in everyday real life? I just think it is. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it
1: is.
3: Yeah. And the encouragement not being go talk to strangers about sex.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but, Pick a random key takeaway. five. <laughs>
2: I think I'm interested in showing up and being available for folks who are ready to have the conversation. And I know it sounds weird because it can be a bit of a one-way street, but we, you know, we try to interact via Instagram and social media accounts and stuff. But we hear from so many of you that... This is a helpful thing that the five of us sit around and talk about the connections between sexuality and spirituality. Today, when I was stopping by for, I had like 10 minutes to grab a sandwich for lunch. And I, I really had like eight minutes really. And I, I was going into Jimmy John's and there was this sweetest, oldest woman that stopped me and said, and she had halting English and, and she said, I need help. And my first thought, sadly, was I'm looking at my watch. I have eight minutes, so I have to go to my meeting. And then I thought, meetings. And I said, oh, how can I help you? And then she explained to me finally that how she was parked. She felt really nervous about backing out. She felt like she was going to hit something. And so I realized she wanted me to back her car out and get her set up to go onto the road. And I was just thrilled to do that. I said, oh, of course I will do that. And she goes, really, really? And, you know, I got into her car and I'm short with short legs, but like she had that, (laughs) that, that seat cranked up and the wheel was like pressing against my chest. And so I had to adjust the seat a little bit, but, you know, I got her car situated and she said, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. I should get you some candy. (laughs) I said, it's okay. You don't need to get me candy. I'm happy to do it. The reason I share that story is because like that's sort of how I feel about this topic and the people that we connect with is that like we just run into people that say things like what you're talking about is literally saving my life. And I I feel humbled by that, but also really I want to lean into that. You know, I want to lean in all the way to that. Not that we have all the answers, but if we can help people feel helped and safe just by, as you said, Luke, not with a whole big agenda, but just following the conversation where it goes, then I'm very excited for that. Like that gets me very excited. Mm-hmm. And so I hope we don't have too rigid of an agenda. I hope we have some talking points so that we don't, you know, ramble on and on and on about nothing. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso.
0: Oh, I could talk about um, that for a really long oh time. God, oh my gosh.
2: So
3: Becky, can you give us a sense of where you imagine? You said you had some hopes. Can you share some of those hopes for the season?
0: I think there's a couple things that I've seen as common themes in emails or texts that I've gotten from people since season two ended. And one of the things repeatedly people have said to me is, I'm so excited about what I hear on Fun Parts, but I'm also like, how do you get from, I've grown up in the church, I have a certain way that I've been taught and now I don't believe I, there's a lot of things I don't believe, but I'm angry because of this gap. I'm angry for what I was taught at one point. And how do we get to the place where we can actually engage in spirituality without anger? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I think would be a really good topic for us to talk about like even how do we process this? How do we acknowledge our anger and things like that? So I think that's one thing that I think would be a good topic for us to engage with and actually have some conversation around. Another thing that has shown up quite often in emails that I've heard from people is, and I think this is something that is just kind of a stigma for, and it may be just a certain age group that has a stigma is when we have issues quote unquote in our marriage and we have to seek help Is it shameful to actually suddenly need help? And especially when it involves sexual elements. And I think one of the things that has inadvertently, especially in the evangelical Christian type faith, is if you need help that's outside the Christian environment, it's somehow you're not doing something right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like anytime you bring two human beings together that have had very different upbringings and stories, there's a lot of navigation and negotiation that has to happen in order to create and build something. And that's not always something that people have the tools to know how to do. And somehow we have created this stigma around needing to ask for help instead of creating an environment that empowers people when they do ask for help. And so one of the things that I think is really important, especially when you're bringing two individual people from different stories, different upbringings, different environments, cultures that they've grown up in, and you bring them together in a relationship, in any relationship, heterosexual or gay, lesbian, whatever it is, what you're bringing together is two human beings that have two completely different stories that they're coming together. And then you're adding into that, this physical element of sexual engagement. And unless we learn how to have a language around healthy sexual awareness in our individual humanity, we will never have engagement of a mutual language that we can create with another human being. And so some of my hope for this season is that we can talk about how do we create healthy language that empowers and also helps us to be able to maybe tap down some of the stigma of needing to ask for help. Because I just, I'm looking for my own vantage point and there's no way humanly possible that myself and my partner could have done this without some help. We had huge questions and we had huge differences and we had huge conflict that was coming up. And especially when we're actually trying to share our bodies with one another and expecting the other person to understand fully what that means to share our body. And so I hope that we get to talk about that a little bit. And, and there's a third thing that's showing up for me now, right now. I think one of the things we've discounted is that somehow if we engage physically, we don't have to have conversation about that engagement. Hmm. And one of the things that I think is absolutely vital to a healthy physical, emotional, sexual, spiritual relationship is that we get to actually talk and create and find and discover a language of sensuality together. And I think one of the things that fun parts has started to do is started to open up some of the pleasure, some of the fun, some, we've talked about some of the fun parts, but can we talk about some of the fun it is or the pleasure it is to get to discover how we see one another, how we view one another's body, how we experience one another's bodies, because there's no two bodies that are the same. I mean, female to female, male to male, male to female, there's no two bodies that are the same. And so therefore, if we can learn how to value the difference, if we can learn how to value our own body, we can learn how to value somebody else's body. And then we actually celebrate those differences in a different way. And I think that's something that repeatedly I hear from people is like, how do we find ownership of our own body? as good. Hmm. And I always follow that up with the question, well, what do you like about your body? You know, like what do you find appealing about your body? And I think that's we can't address that enough. We have to keep coming back to that. Oh, and I have one, I have another now there's another thing that's coming up because well, of another, another third. I'm sorry, third, another third. third. But no, I'm just thinking of the emails that I've gotten. There's another email that somebody just sent me this last week. And it was about just noticing when they listen to us, what they've noticed is all of us have a relationship from a spiritual perspective, but they're curious about how did you get past the anger that you feel for what you lost? And I think that we can't get past the anger until we actually grieve what we've actually lost. And I think... The reality is, is the purity culture has robbed a lot of us of experiences that we will never know what they actually were.
2: You know, Nerdy 30? Mm-hmm. Nerdy, thirty, nerdy, nerdy, 30, nerdy, 30, nerdy,
1: 30, nerdy, 30, nerdy, 30, nerdy,
2: 30. In the Beatitudes, Jesus' most famous teaching, the second one is blessed are those who mourn. And the Greek word for that is pentas. And it literally means blessed are those who get out here out into the light, what has been hidden inside. So blessed are those who express their grief, their anger, their mourning over what should not have been because they'll be comforted, you know? And so from a spiritual perspective, we don't move forward by hiding or pretending that those things didn't matter or that loss wasn't huge we move forward by expressing that out loud with lament and cries of anguish and anger and unedited grief. It's the only
4: way through.
0: And I want to say, because I was recently with someone who was beautiful human being who knows that he is gay. And I got to literally stand in a place of like mothering holding with utter awe and just joy who this human being was. And I, somebody sent me a picture of me actually looking at him and what I felt was such incredible joy about seeing the fullness of who he was because he's worked so hard to get to this place, to stand in the fullness of his identity as a human being and love himself And I literally, in this picture that somebody sent me, it just took my breath away because I'm sitting there like, I see you and I love who you are. And I'm so excited for who you are, but incredible grieving and mourning what you've just said that he went through. He got out, he got all that anger, bitterness out, and now there's this radiance in him that just exudes beauty and joy and, but had he not done the blessed are those who mourn that would not be present. And I want this to be a place where people have the freedom to do that because unless we mourn, we will never be able to fully celebrate who we are. And I think we need that in this society, but we also need that with one another in order to be able to help move forward something that can be progressively healing to others and to our own cellular structure healing.
2: You know, it occurs to me, this is going to sound like a plug it is, but the Moda Spira podcast and album.
1: Oh, thanks Steve.
2: About, your divorce. Uh, he was talking. I produced. He's he's talking, yeah, I think he's, talking, I to to, the he's talking
1: to you, Luke. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll step back.
2: <laughs> he is a great, mm-hmm. beautiful expression of deep, deep grief being it poured is. out, mourning. So the album Modestepira, and but the album is called Divorce. Divorce. If you want a great example of lived out grief in beauty and art, there's many examples. One of them is Modestepira both the podcast and the album
1: divorce because it has a real progression it of does. it too. Beautiful progression of it. Thank you. I mean, I, the only thing I want to say, and I don't want to assume that you're not saying it or saying it either way is that the idea of like getting over the rage or the mm-hmm. sadness or the grief. I, I know, I, mm-hmm. but like, I think for me, what I've been observing as I've you know gone through divorce and then like some time of singleness and now like a a new marriage, like a a new partnership. I've done a lot of processing out loud, like through my art form, but also a lot of talking, whether it's to a therapist or to a friend or to the universe, or just literally a lot of crying and screaming and languishing. And it actually has done a tremendous amount for me. The thing I've been kind of like looking back on when I look at the last four years is that the more I uncover There more there is for me and that, Mm -hmm. and there is more joy for me and there's more Mm -hmm. peace for me, but there's also some more anger and Mm -hmm. it's connected to my cells and to my story and to me and in like a, a different way. Like it's like coming at it from a different angle, like even though it's hitting the same source. And so I can like follow that arrow or that bunny trail and kind of like do the work to unpack what that's about and what I am mad about. And there are things that will kind of always make me angry, like things connected to injustice, whether mm-hmm. it's happening to me or somebody else that I care about, or just, I see somebody else who's being taken advantage of. So I think it's a great place to start to, if like, you're somebody that's like, how did you even get past the anger? I guess my question is, have you even let yourself like enter into it? Have you even like had a beginning? Have you met it? You know, and have you addressed it inside yourself and saying, Hey, I see you what do you have for me? Like, why are you here? And you're welcome here. And like, how can I hold you and care for you? But also like, how can I help you express what's happening? Like if you're talking, it's like parts work, like how you're talking to yourself.
0: And anger is a good emotion. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that we've missed is anger is a good emotion. And if we learn how to enter our anger, our anger doesn't have to just consume us. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can learn how to partner with our anger in a way that it can have constructive elements towards healing.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is an old, old illustration, but anger is just a dashlight that goes off saying Absolutely. something needs attention. Mm-hmm. So to ignore mm-hmm. the dashlight. Would be to ignore pain you and know, it can become catastrophic yes.
1: eventually. Yeah.
2: And so I don't think we should too quickly gloss over this. You guys, this mm-hmm. issue of expressing our grief and anger over that, which has not gone the way that it should have. Mm-hmm. I think most of us, most of us gloss over it too quickly. Mm-hmm. Most of us say, I shouldn't feel that angry. I should just get over it. I should just figure out a way to be with it. And Latifa. what I loved about how you said it is you almost detached from it and cared for it. You know, you mm-hmm. almost like looked at it, the anger or looked at yourself that is angry as an, as a separate person. And you cared for that self saying, mm-hmm. I want to notice what's happening in you. And I want to give you space to say whatever you need to say, to grieve whatever you need to grieve. And that's an ongoing process. As you said, you don't get over that. You don't get over that. In fact, if you go into a new relationship, there it is again, right? Like, well, bing, it's going to show bing, up. Bing. It's
1: going to show well, up. Yeah, that's the thing that's like so great about Lucas is I feel like he really does a great job at holding space for me because. Wait, can we define who Lucas? Lucas is, is my is my partner. Thank who you, I married. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, but like getting engaged brought some new things to the surface that. I kind of imagined some stuff would come up, but it's always stuff that you don't expect. And then like, even like now that we're married and now that we're like both vaccinated and trying to work again, like he left and toured with a musician and we were apart for six days. And I was like, Oh wow, that brought stuff up because in my old marriage. I used to leave a lot and tour and then come back like in the back half of our marriage. And it just brought things to the surface. Like all of a sudden I had this fear, like what if he stops liking me? And that had nothing to do with Lucas. And I totally picked a fight with him on the phone. And even as I was doing it, I kind of like, was like, I am doing this right now. And wow, Leticia, <laughs> like I can't believe I'm doing this. And, and then I, I called him the next morning and I just said, Hey, like, can I first apologize, but I don't think this had anything to do with you. And he was like, I know, like, he's oh, so sweet. Um, but then I was like, it actually has to do with the fact that I had a fear that has nothing to do with anything you've ever done, like in our relationship. It's an old story that I've carried, but it just didn't come up until we've been separated, you know? And so like can can I, can I ask you this?
2: Because this is so pertinent. Yeah. What gave you the ability to have that kind of self awareness? Because that's remarkable self awareness to get. That's the question I want to ask Latifah every time I spend time with her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, but seriously, like that's well, other than blaming or, you know, like to go, go back and say. Hey, this is what was happening. I know it is, and I'm sorry.
1: Well, to be really candid, in my first marriage, I thought I had better self-awareness, but I, I don't really know if it was as evolved as I imagined because I was ignoring a lot of things inside of myself to sustain something, a system, an image, a job, a community, a religion, you know? And so as I kind of went through losing a lot of things and it really stripping it down to myself and getting my inner peace back in place, I realized I was like, I don't want to sacrifice that anymore. And that inner peace requires a tremendous amount of honesty to maintain, but it's so worth it because my inner self is not chaotic anymore. I'm not like, fighting myself or in my own self division, you know. I get to be a whole system and that means I need to pay attention to the whole system. So I need to pay attention to the dash light so the car doesn't steam out and the engine goes bad, you know. I need to tend to the oil, all of it. And now I have a part a new partner who I really respect and trust and like. And I want to give myself the benefit to be a good partner and I want to give him the benefit and it just requires a lot of honesty and I mean Lucas could tell you how many times I say to him, I feel embarrassed. I say, I feel embarrassed that I behave this way. I feel a bit, you know, he always say, and he always says, baby, you don't have to be embarrassed. Like you don't have to be ashamed. And I was like, he's like, it's just, it makes a lot of sense. He'll say that a lot. That makes a lot of sense, you know? And like, you know, Lucas has his stuff too, but that's not for me to share on a microphone. So I'll just talk about my own stuff. But like what I really appreciate is that my friendships and my partner have given me tremendous safety to be able to say something I know I feel embarrassed about. And the truth is like, I spent a lot of my very early life and middle life thus far. I'll be 40 in December feeling like I really wanted to be proud of who I was and proud of my behavior. And so it was kind of really hard for me to admit some things about my own choices. And now going through the divorce actually was really cleansing because it's like, Oh, okay. Well that marriage failed and people might think I fucked up. And it doesn't matter what they think or don't think like that's gone. And it really actually became a freedom because I was like, okay, well, what do I really need? What do I really want. And like, what I want is to be entrenched in honesty with myself and those around me. And that just actually requires saying it. And the truth is my fights with Lucas are so much easier when I can just show up and say, Oh, this is about something else and I am totally picking on you because you're in front of me. You know? <laughs> you kind of know what I mean. So I like, totally do. So I think I guess it just required I mean, yeah, I've done lots of therapy. I have lots of great friends, but I also have lost a lot of things. And I've lost like when we talk about being angry and I think about all the years of the things yeah. that I endured that weren't necessary. It was yeah. unnecessary suffering. suffering. Yeah. So I would like to not have we're all gonna suffer no matter what. And I'm learning as I get older, I don't want to unnecessarily suffer if I don't have to, because I actually want to have the energy for the suffering that's going to happen no matter
3: what. I think that's actually a really great place for us to land, because if the hope for this season, and we started this conversation talking about, or you started sharing your hopes with the story of a person for whom this show has opened up conversations that he may have been embarrassed to have previously with his community. And you're talking about that as a part of what's been healing for you. And I think it's worth mentioning. That's what we really want this show to be. That's how we want people to engage with this show is to gather with some people who you trust, who you are able to be embarrassed in front of and begin engaging in this conversation, this conversation, these conversations, intimate conversations and our hope With this season, our hope with this show, as always, is simply to try our hand at that and hopefully model it for other folks. And so I think the invitation, as always, is for folks to join us. I think the encouragement would be for you to join us in community, like gather people and listen, talk about it.
0: You know, I'm mindful of as we talk about that, some of what we're doing is we're trying to create a new way to have a very old conversation that's been hidden. And... You said it earlier, you said there was an old story that was going on and you had to address the old story. And we need to address the old stories of how we can have conversations about sex. So let them be at the table, but can we have a conversation with a new hope? In the midst of the presence of the old, but can we have a conversation in a new way? Because I I think it's time.
1: I think we're all hungry for that. Like I know the path. If I keep repeating the same story over and over (laughs) again, I know what's going to happen. I lived that for the first half of my life so far or the first part of my life. And I think now that I actually have a chance at a, a new partnership or a new connection that I really enjoy and I value, it's like. wait, 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 wait. I don't want to do all those same moves. I don't want to do the same routine because I know the result there and it's actually not serving me. And so it's so funny that like the first step is just like acknowledgement and saying, Oh, I see this. I see this come up. And that's like the first step out of the old routine. You know, it's just like the acknowledgement and the noticing.
0: It's the noticing. Can we name it? And only when we can notice and name it, then we get to nurture something new. Yeah. And you know what? I How many Thanksgiving Christmas dinners have we been at? That there's somebody at the table that we don't necessarily want to be at the table, but they're at the table. And so can we have the old story at the table? <laughs> so it has a place but it doesn't get to dominate the conversation anymore because it's time for a new conversation.
2: Sometimes that person is us, you know? Yeah. That we don't, that we don't like that. We don't want to be at
1: the table, Mm -hmm.
2: but I like the idea of time being past, present, and future meeting in this moment. It's okay.
1: Yeah, It's good.
3: This episode of Fun Parts was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Braun. Our artwork was designed by the very talented Alan Lusink. Gene Jam and other songs were composed and produced by Latifa Alatas. Another music from this episode is from the fine folks at Blue Dot Sessions. Check out our website at funpartspodcast.com and be sure to follow us on social media at Podcast. Lastly, if you want access to bonus and behind-the-scenes content from this and other milieu Media Group shows, join our neighborhood at the Patreon link in the show notes. And now, here's a scene from the next episode of Fun Parts. I love the whole social atrophy thing. I even feel that as an introvert. Like, it was already hard to, like, know how to not be in my head when I'm in conversation with somebody, and it's been a while since we gathered around a table and just bore our souls to one another. And so, you know, maybe the starting place with kindness is to say that like vulnerability and this sort of intimacy that we're talking about doesn't have to be the first step. You don't have to find someone who you haven't seen in two years and just like tell them all your stuff.